0: Hey everyone, it's Matt, and this is Lucas, and this is thanks for playing the
1: podcast where we break down the most iconic video games the world has to offer.
0: Oh, yes, Suck! Yup, little earning that explicit tag early this time. <laughs> <laughs> oh
1: man, Matt, how's it going?
0: It's been a been a long week and a half for you, boy. Yeah, but um, yeah, I don't know. It's just a uh, tired. That's the yeah. word I would use. Tired. But I have been um, carried on and rejuvenated by um, the millions of fans of this podcast. It's <sighs> great. Um, most most importantly, we now have a place for all those fans to gather. Lucas. Absolutely. Um, t- tell the people what's up.
1: Okay. So for those of you that are... Matt, by the way, the audience can hear the ice jingling in that glass cup of yours Um, you know, it's not about that. I think, I I hope that people that are listening to the podcast also have, you know, a little jingling in the ice of their... Glass I hope buds, it makes you know them feel
0: a little more at home, like a conversation.
1: Yeah. That's this what isn't a here.
0: podcast. It's a conversation with Matt and Lucas.
1: Exactly. And speaking of having a conversation or maybe having a conversation with me and Matthew, you can join us on our Discord server. This is a brand new thing. Ah! <laughs> this is brand new. Uh, the Thanks for Playing Discord server is live. It is ready for our audience to really enjoy themselves and really just have a good time with me and matthew inside of discord um it is available on our link tree link um found in the description of our instagram profile it's probably the easiest way to join our discord server uh matt what is our instagram profile
0: huh. you can find us on instagram at uh tfp podcasts that's tfp podcasts with an s at the end whoa yeah, Linktree. Right. So you know uh you know you know we're real now. Um, everyone's so using now, every
1: Link Trees Everyone's the, using is Link awesome. tree. yeah.
0: So we got we got our Twitter on there, we got our Instagram on there, we got our YouTube on there, we got a uh, got the Discord on there. Uh, it's it's cracking. Yeah. It's popping. Yeah.
1: So so go to our Instagram profile right now for those of you. Um, Go to our Linktree account, click on that link, and you'll be able to join our Discord server. Now, our Discord server is going to have a bunch of really awesome stuff. Matt and I are going to do Let's Plays on there regularly. Of all the co-op games that we'll be playing, spoilers Cuphead might be on there pretty soon, huh? which is going to be pretty fun. Uh, game suggestions are on there. Video game uh, discussions are going to be on our Discord server. Um, I mean,
0: let's just look at some of the channels here, right? We yeah. got we got the welcome channel.
1: Oh, you need to be welcomed. Yeah.
0: You got general. Lots email. going on. Lots going lots on in going there. going on. Yeah. Causes to where we can talk about social causes we care about, want to support. Homeless displacement. Game suggestions.
1: That's right. Talk to us.
0: What do you want? <laughs> Tell us the content. That's right. Anything's possible topics. Super Metroid, which... Is the one channel I had a gripe with putting in there.
1: Honestly, it's Um, just going to be a shit talk on Matt channel because it's it's
0: just going to, I'm, I'm kind of feeling a little bullied. Um, (laughs) (laughs) we have a specific podcast episodes channel and a game chat. That's right. Self-explanatory. That's right. So,
1: Guys, definitely join our Discord server. We're super excited about it. We will be plugging it on every episode that we talk about moving forward. Um, We're trying to really move all the content onto there. And, you know, come hang out with us. Talk to us. It's where you can really interact with us directly. Um, You know, I'm on Discord all day. Like, I mean, me and Matt work from home, 9 to 5. But our Discord server is always up you know so if you ever want to just kind of say something start a conversation don't be afraid to do so you know we're we're more than happy to interact with the uh thanks for playing army for sure
0: well well said lucas and to show even more support beyond that feel free to leave a review you know um facebook no we're not we're not we're, on not, we're, we're not, not on facebook we're not on facebook <laughs> we're on linkedin we are on, on oh LinkedIn. yeah we follow are on linkedin on, follow us on linkedin follow us on spotify leave a review on apple podcast subscribe it helps it helps the podcast it really does it really helps does us grow helps us reach more wonderful people such as yourselves and it gets things moving and grooving that's right wow that's hot right. dog okay now now that we got all the uh self-plugging out of the way i um, we got we got a game today. I'm pretty excited to talk about Lucas. Oh, man. Such a good game. Okay,
1: I, this is my game suggestion, by the this way. This was so. Lucas's
0: game suggestion, so he is clearly the higher life form of the two of us at this moment. Um, <laughs> I mean, look at that book in the background right now. He's got Infinite Jest. Are you kidding me? Your brain has to be at least like twice the size of the average humans to to make it through that. For, what is for, that, a thousand pages?
1: For those of you, For those of you that are <laughs> on the audio version of the podcast... I have Infinite jests behind me, casually, just kind of laying there on my sofa. Um, you know, it, so, are you
0: even reading it?
1: Yeah, I'm reading. it. I'm, <laughs> I'm reading. It. I'm a third of the way through. I really oh. am a third of the way through.
0: So that's um, what a thousand pages. Um, so far. It's, it's, it's been a,
1: it's been a great book, uh, great novel so far. Uh, for all my David Foster Wallace heads out there, please uh, hit me up on Discord. Maybe we'll even start a channel for DFW. Who knows? Um, you know, I actually started reading it, Matt, um, you know, I, have been trying to read more this year. I've read about a book a month for the last three months. Uh, this is, this is the fourth book and, uh, it's been great so far and I'd love to start some sort of book club with our fans, with our TFP army or TFP militia, whatever we want to call it. Pretty I would love that. Yeah. And, um, you know, Matt's, Matt, you're, I know you're a pretty, uh, big reader as well. So maybe it might be worth it.
0: That'd be fun. And then we can start another podcast.
1: <laughs> okay, too, many, too much. Too much. <laughs> too much going on. Yeah, too yeah. Much. Okay. But the reason I was reading David Foster Wallace's Infinite Jest is because um, it was brought up um, by Davey Redin. Uh For those of you that don't know who Davey Reedon is, definitely, definitely, definitely check out our Beginner's Guide episode slash Stanley Parable episode. Um, Davey wrote or read this particular novel, Infinite Jest, while he was creating. The Beginner's guide, if I'm not mistaken. So, um, big book about entertainment, about the nature of entertainment, what it means to be entertained. I actually read Matt a passage before we even jumped in to the recording of this episode, so he's a little on top of it. Um, but anyway, big aside, uh, check it out, ladies and gentlemen. It's a really great book.
0: Check it out, check it out. And now okay. back to our regular scheduled programming. That's right, that's right, everyone. Today, since this is a game podcast, not a book club, not yet. Today we are talking about the number one walking simulator journey. Released in 2012, published by I forget that game company. <laughs> that game company Santa in Monica. combination with Santa Monica Studio. Actually, excuse me, developed by that game company, Santa Monica Studio, published by uh, Annapurna Anna and yeah. uh, Sony Computer Entertainment. What a what an incredible game! Um, before <laughs> we get into it, just a good context. Give a brief little synopsis for our fans here, so everyone Please. has a general idea of uh, what we're talking about and what this game is all about so journey the player takes the role of a robed figure in a desert after an introductory sequence the player is shown the robed figure sitting in the sand with a large mountain in the distance the player then begins their journey toward the mountain meeting companions along the way that's the game that's the whole game literally that's the whole game yeah
1: well, wow. I mean, <laughs> I even know where Yeah, okay. Yeah, I I know. Okay. La- audience, ladies and gentlemen, people. Th- this game was phenomenal. This game was so 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 incredibly great. Um it really I knew it was going to be awesome. I knew it was going to be this cool artsy indie game. I did not expect for it to go the direction that it went. Matt, I think you can say the same thing. I yeah. I suggested this game because um, it looked cool and because I knew it by name, I knew that it won a lot of awards at BAFTA. I knew that it had really great reviews. So I threw it on our games list and you know Matt and I it's kind of like for those of you that have been listening for a while, you know we try to pick games like we don't like to pair up a long game with another long game right after, right? We try to pick some short games, stack them up, maybe backlog some recordings, and then go for a little bit of a longer game to play for a a longer amount of time, right? Case in point, Breath of the Wild, um, possibly another AAA open world game that we're playing pretty soon, or gonna be recording pretty soon, spoilers. Um, But anyway, Journey is a relatively short game. It's only about two hours long, and it's, you know, that's 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 purposeful, right? So we wanted to pick a relatively condensed experience video game and go, okay, we're going to play this game, Matt. We're going to backlog this one. It's going to be a great episode. You know, it looks like a pretty artsy game. And what we found was beyond anything that I expected.
0: Beyond our expectations completely. And before we really dive into I just want to like... So this game came out in 2012, right? You know what other game came out in 2012 that we were talking about? What? Um a month ago spec ops the line oh my god wow right wow such such different games and keep it bearing in mind the pot the narrative in that podcast it was kind of like how you know there was this um i mean 2012 and that like era i mean that was i mean to be clear it's always a big era for shooters maybe it's just kind of how lucas and i remember it because you know that's 2012 is the age we would have really been diving into that game but that's like peak call of duty right peak things like gears of war things like that and for a game like Journey to be made made aside along all those and to be such a standout among that crowd among these bigger AAA bigger yeah. um, you know productions of games for this to stand out so uniquely and so kind of in my opinion frankly above the rest um, not only as a video game but as an art is remarkable yes and truthfully it's kind of remarkable the game even got made I want to give a little context about this so. Originally, this was part of a contract with Sony Computer Entertainment um, for them to make three games uh, for them, for that game company. And originally, this game was only supposed to take a year, Lucas. One year to make. How long do you think it took? Three. Three! Hot dog! Points, brownie points to Lucas. This game took three years to make, needing several extensions, obviously, to hit that full um, development cycle. So... So they were so pressed at the end of it and so tight on budgets that at the end of it developers were going unpaid. Really? And as as much that's what the Wikipedia said. Wow. <laughs> and as much as I hate to hear that, because I know you and I have kind of talked about this before, how you know developers. We're pro-developers.
1: We're, we're pro-developers. Very
0: pro-developers, yeah. and developers are probably treated pretty poorly um overall in the gaming industry from a worker's right aspect but i'm really glad they buckled up and, uh, wow. and uh, finished this one they must have known uh, what
1: they were making really
0: they had to right i mean this game's it's it's nuts right yeah. um what 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 did you first think when you started playing this lucas
1: man so diving into first impressions um you know i I'll, I'll i'll be Completely candid on my experience with this game. So um, at the moment, i I had to play the game with a keyboard and mouse. okay? I did not have like the hardware to play it with a gamepad. Um, I, I switched over to my PC recently. I just didn't have the cord to play with like a controller plugged into my PC. Just it is what it is, right? Um, so I played this with the mouse and keyboard, and you know it's not really a mouse and keyboard type of game. I think it's
0: it does feel a little awkward at first. I actually I yeah. started about some keyboard and I switched to my uh, to gamepad wireless I yeah. could, uh, plug into my computer. Yeah.
1: yeah. So that's that's how I started off. So it was a little like ah, oh, crap. I got to play this game with like a WASD, which is more of like a precise movement type of of setup, you know, and um, you know, I just wasn't I wasn't really that that excited to play it uh, in the in the peripherals that I was playing it with. Right. So I play it for about 30 minutes. It looks great, looks very, very pretty, gorgeous in fact. And then I'm like, okay, it's kinda cool. I put it down for like three days, okay? I just like buy it, play it for a few minutes. I'm like, okay, I, I, I like it. And then Saturday morning, I'm off work. It's my day off, okay, brew some coffee. And I'm like, I'm gonna play this game, I'm gonna play the game, play the whole game. We gotta record the podcast next week, gotta play Journey, okay? brew a French press sit oh. down and I go this game is two hours long I'll push through it it's gonna be it's gonna be fun it's gonna be cool I know it's a good game I play through it oh my god <laughs> I'm blown away by what I played I'm like I can't understate how completely blown away I am by this game every single turn. And then, and we'll talk about this a lot in a little bit, Matt, I'm sure. And then later on, when I talk about the video game with Matt, and then watch a second playthrough with Matt the following day, I gain a whole new perspective on this game. So I play the game. I have no idea that you're connecting with other players, for one. Okay? Right. I have no idea what to expect. I view it purely as a, I understand, you know, when you're playing a game like this, Matthew, I I know that you'll understand this, is when you play a video game like this, it's an art house type of video game. It is a very artistic game. It looks very great. It doesn't have any verbal communication to you. It doesn't have any text. So you're expecting quite a bit of interpretation that needs to be made on your end, right? So I'm saying, I'm thinking to myself, okay, what's this game trying to say non-verbally? What does this game mean? What am I supposed to intake? What do I have to interpret when it comes to Journey, the video game? Okay, so you know I played the game. Your character kind of through. We're entering spoiler territory for those of you that haven't played the video game. Um, you, my character, the you know stranger. Who well, I mean, what do you call who you're playing as? The pil- the pilgrim. I guess the person um
0: just the the hooded the hooded figure the the hooded hooded
1: figure figure. hooded figure eventually tries to climb to the top of the mountain after all these trials and tribulations and eventually freezes at the top of the mountain then sort of has this vision of heaven where you're just flying all over the place and it's amazing and it's beautiful and it's sort of this like interpretation of both this life and the afterlife and it's it's just this beautiful sequence of events that happens through the game of journey and then and I'll, I'll leave this up to you Matt to talk about how we how we like really digested this video game cuz it really blew me away. Um go ahead and talk about your playthrough now and uh, your two playthroughs and then uh, it'll it'll tie in with mine.
0: Yeah, yeah. So my my first playthrough to be frank was incredibly underwhelming, right? I um for for multiple reasons. I mean, one, I mean, I, I was honestly just very distracted when I was playing through my first time. I had a um, I was distracted just by stuff going on in my in my life. So I wasn't like... I was like checking my phone half the time. I was like giving it maybe honestly like half of my attention was just kind of mindlessly going through. And I wasn't paying attention to kind of like any of the beauty in the game or any of like the kind of interesting things going on with like the... Um, like the art, not the art, the like... Uh, what's the word? The wall, the wall paintings basically. Is there a better word the for that? Se- the um, set pieces. I wasn't really paying attention to what was going on with the set pieces. I wasn't paying attention to... Um, this random uh, r- the second random robe figure that all of a sudden showed up um, and I was just kind of making my way through the game with this and what I thought was this random AI companion that like had really shitty programming because it kept getting caught by the monsters <laughs> um, and so I, I I go through the first playthrough I'm like this game's fine um, I'll probably need to play it again to make sure I really you know understand it can talk to it especially because it was only like a two-hour game, not a big deal. Um, So Lucas and I, I I, I look online and I see, oh, this game is actually a co-op game, has online multiplayer, I think, great. So I I hit up Lucas, I'm like, hey, let's do a playthrough together so we can both really digest it and be on very much the same page for the podcast. And, you know, of course, I get into the game and I realize there's no way to really, uh, no obvious way at least to actually, you know, appropriately connect with whoever you want to uh, with someone of your choice without doing a little extra effort. And so I'm thinking, okay, well, I'll just play this game and in our Discord channel. Lucas uh, watched me go through it and just kind of joined me on the journey. And, you know, as I mentioned, I realized it has online, online multiplayer and it just connects you with someone randomly. And so I get connected with someone, you know, um, after like the very first, like, kind of opening sequence of the game, you immediately get a companion. And as the game progresses, you know, if you stick with that companion, you can progress through each area with them and you can have the same companion through your whole journey. And so I, I meet up with this person. I I don't know what their name is. All I have to recognize them by is a symbol that happens whenever you use the, um, just to re
1: sorry, just to re just to kind of frame it up real quick for the audience. You are paired up with a random individual also playing through the same journey as you. Yes. Without your consent, without the Completely ability, random. To, without the ability to communicate via text or voice chat with another person, the only way you have to communicate with them is through the game's in-game kind of like ping system that your character portrays. Continue, back,
0: basically like a music note combined with a specific symbol, um, assumingly of this ancient language tied directly to your um, to your robe figure, right? So I'm making my way through this game and all of a sudden I'm you know I'm, I'm chatting with Lucas while I'm playing but I'm and all of a sudden I'm like oh my god I'm I'm kind of you're playing touched.
1: you're playing with another random stranger I'm playing
0: yeah. with another random stranger but we're both going through this you know this journey together and all of a sudden every part of the game that I glossed over before becomes more impactful you know maybe I fail one part and then you know, my companion makes it up to a certain, like, you know, jump or whatever. And then they're waiting for me and kind of like showing me or maybe jumping back down and showing me how to do it. Or we're kind of, you know, navigating the best way through some of the more perilous amounts of the game together, thinking like, no, you know, don't go this way. Follow me. And to, you know, indicate that we're just like beeping at each other, basically. Yeah. I call it beeping, but it's much more um, artistic serene than that. Yeah, like, <laughs> it's uh, serene artistic. Musical. Yeah and it creates this incredible experience i mean there's one point even where i get separated from this person in a snowstorm and we both just start freaking out and spamming our uh, our our b button on my gamepad which is the um, communication button to communicate with the other people and it is just it became what i can only describe as a spiritual experience like you become connected with the stranger and you're embarking on this incredible journey through this beautiful world with this incredible music as a background and i think there's so much to unpack about maybe what the game could mean what it couldn't um and i, I don't think there's anyone answer to it but i mean what an incredible game right? yeah yeah
1: seriously um i mean just to, to go along with what you were saying like i i so i i watched matt's playthrough the second time when he actually had his companion where he actually made an effort to stay with his companion right because when i did my first playthrough of journey you know i saw another person there twice in two different sections of the game but i did not know that they were another player i thought they were just kind of random ai one person showed up and then didn't do anything they kind of just were there and then they stopped moving and i was like oh it's like a weird robot that's like glitched out. I'll just move on. I didn't put any thought into it. And like, I don't know, journey, it, it's it's such an abstract, esoteric take on I think life in general. You know, you climb up to the mountain itself is a MacGuffin, right? It's a red herring. The mountain is shown as like the ultimate goal, where you want to get to, what you want to where you wanna be, but you don't actually get to this mountain in journey. Okay. You kind of get Up to there then you then you freeze to death trying to get up to the top of this mountain and then in death do you find the heavenly reward at the top of the mountain which is you know this kind of it's 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 like almost like eden ish it's just beautiful it feels religious honestly yeah it does it feels
0: and i'm i mean i wouldn't consider myself a religious person particularly but like the backdrops the back tones of the game kind of like with the not scriptures, but kind of with the, the set pieces we were talking about on that you uncover throughout the game and the, these hooded figures that are kind of guiding you, it, it very clearly has like sort of a religious undertone. It to does it. totally. And totally. it kind of pays off like beautifully, right? Like it's, it's almost like the point of the game is to go through your journey and then pass on together with a friend that has these shared experiences. With exactly. You that it can relate to you and, and, a very non-literal sense can also love you because they have that shame shared experience. Exactly. Right? Exactly. Um, and I want to give like a, a, quote I got from the developer, Steven Chen. I think he was the director, if I'm correct. And he says, he really wanted to kind of like, you know, break this game, right? Like make it different from the others. And he says this, the game is intended to make the players feel small and to give them a sense of awe in their, sur- about their surroundings. The basic idea, as designed by chen was to create something that moved beyond the typical defeat kill win mentality of most video games and i mean like we mentioned earlier think of every other thing every other game like big title is coming out during that time right we have spec ops right call of duty whatever was coming out that year gears of war the games like that and then you have this beautiful game that's almost like that's akin to going on like a spiritual journey a religious experience um a uh, a mission have you um like a religious right. mission And fuck, it's just executed so well, right? (laughs) I know, I know. Um, Yeah, and like when I, you know, we often talk about like, oh, when did the game, when did you start enjoying the game? And it's incredible because I went through the whole game, the first playthrough, and it never even hit me, right? It never clicked. I never realized what was going on. You know, I I didn't realize that these people weren't AI. I didn't realize there were people playing with me, humans. Um, And it didn't even like click to me until you really understand what's happening around you. Um, and it's incredible kind of how different of an experience that can create, Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I
1: I had a completely different like perspective on the game from when I played it to when I watched you play it with a person, you know? And like, I realized, and this was a really deep, this was almost a spiritual experience or like a moment of deep inflection for myself was I realized that I failed this test that the game kind of put me on, right? Which was like... I was given we both
0: did, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: I was given in my first playthrough with unknowing, I didn't know there would be another player there. I did not know that that was another human being somewhere on this world that I was playing the game with, right? I just thought it was like rogue AI. They sat there, I was impatient, and I moved on without them. And I completed the game without another person, right? And I realized that that's like in a sense me sort of failing this journey you can have someone with you if you want, right? You can enjoy this journey with another person, another human being. But me and you, Matt, on our very first playthrough, we did not see it that way. We didn't know that, right? So this game almost becomes a metaphor for enlightenment, for empathy, for understanding, for getting to know a fellow human being, even though you can't really communicate with each other, right, you could only communicate each other via like the ping system, which is basically making a like a musical note and then kind of like shouting it out. it's like not very nonverbal communication so you're sitting there nonverbally communicating with another human being on the globe, trying to get to the top of this mountain it's it's such a strong metaphor for what life is all about, right? like going really, through yeah. trying to make a, a connection with another human being and the thing is here's the here is the part that like almost brings tears to my eyes, which is, you know, when I died on the top of that mountain and froze to death, I flew into the, into the mountain in that heavenly sequence and just kind of had this awesome victory lap by myself and just kind of like made it to the top of the mountain. And I was like, oh, Matt, okay, well, it's like kind of like a heavenly sequence. Like I'm in the Garden of Eden now and I flew and I made it to the top of the mountain, even though I actually did die. Okay, that's kind of cool. And then when Matt did his second playthrough, he died alongside his companion, his buddy, and he's flying through the garden of Eden heaven with his buddy at the same time. It's this
0: like, it's like an experience of like ecstasy almost, right? It's like this person that you suffered with through this whole journey, your companion, all of a sudden you're both, you know, have these incredible flight abilities through this beautiful scenery this beautiful music and you complete the journey. And, um, again just kind of going off lucas and our own interpretation of the game the way the way we look at it is like we enter heaven together right with your yeah. companion that you went through this journey um and it's so amazing it's, it's unrivaled and then yeah it even at the end of the game it gives you the list of like the tags whether it's through steam or like playstation gamer tag steam tag whatever of who you played with um and, I mean, for me, I was fortunate enough where I had a really cool, awesome companion the first time, and or my second time around, and we just stuck three, with one another the whole way. And then, you know, I see their Steam name, they see mine, and then after, like, five minutes after our playthrough ends, they message me on wait, Steam. Wait, 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 save that for the NPC award. We got <laughs> to save that one, right? Oh, I guess that would be an NPC MP- Oh. Doogie. <laughs> no, no, no. No, no, we're good. We're good. Uh, I make just, I wasn't
1: sure if that was your NPC award because that's my NPC award. So I didn't want to skip ahead.
0: Okay. I, I didn't even think that could count as an NPC, but I guess it would because I can't play as that character. Yeah, yeah. Technically. Actually, I don't that's, thank you for bringing that up. I totally forgot about the <laughs> award. But okay, just to jump off your point,
1: yes, like you go through a journey not being able to fully communicate with this other being that is another human, right? But you don't like, you're you're communicating in such a nonverbal abstract way, going through this very beautiful and tumultuous journey together. And it's not all beautiful. There are moments where it's scary. There are moments where it's like death defying, where it's like, oh my God, we're gonna get caught and die in this particular instance where we're supposed to sneak around um because there are those moments inside the game but you the point is you're going through it with another person if you want to go through it with another person right if you and want to yeah it's... if you want to and that's the whole i believe the whole beauty of what the video game is trying to say as a as a piece of art right which is it's using the video game medium the interactive art medium to state something which is you can have a companion if you want to, but you can leave them behind if you have to, right? And there was a point where when I was watching Matt's playthrough, where there was a point where Matt tell him about when you fell down.
0: Yeah, so um, there's there's a point where as you get closer to the end of the uh, end of the journey uh, within the game, that you're basically combating this big snowstorm with these crazy winds that can push you off a ledge. And my companion and I are doing our best to navigate the snowstorm to hide behind rocks. So we don't get pushed back by the wind. I unfortunately at one point get caught out in the storm and I get pushed off the ledge and, you know, taken down to a lower level. And at this point, like, you know, I'm freaking out. <laughs> my companion's freaking out. We're, we're both spamming the B button, freaking out like, Oh my God, what's happening. Um, you can just keep hearing like our, our our musical pings to one another. And eventually, like I'm thinking, OK, are they going to come down for me? Are you know, are they waiting for me to make it up? What, what's going to happen? And I realize, like, OK, I just have to kind of push on and wait at the final part before you enter the next area, where if you don't progress with that person, you would get a new companion I'm Thinking, OK, I just have to wait at this new area with this or wait before the new area to see if my companion and I can meet up again. And so I, I make it through my little part that I get pushed down to from the breeze or from the wind rather. And I make it to the final part before you progress to the next level or the next area in the game. I'm spamming my button, <laughs> spamming my musical note. <laughs> yeah. And all of a sudden I see from the distance my my companion comes up. And we're both like like spamming the B button. or like, I keep calling like, it dee spamming dee our dee pings. Dee like, yeah, like, so happy made, to see one yeah, 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 another. Like, oh, we yeah. made it. Like, yeah. We're good, we're good. And yeah. it's just it creates this incredible experience and i kind of want to add that into game design like for me i mean let, let's talk about like the game design, a little, right the at the core like what there's there's two two functions in this game you're either walking right or you're jumping slash kind of flying depending on where you're at
1: or pinging um
0: or pinging excuse me three functions yeah pinging jumping slash flying i'm gonna l- listen to one or you're walking those three functions alone compelled, created one of the most compelling game experiences for me ever, not only with those three simple functions, but also one of the most compelling multiplayer, the most compelling, I'm going to say the most compelling multiplayer (laughs) experience I've ever had in a video game. Yeah, by far created with three simple mechanics in a two hour video game.
1: Yeah, like you truly don't have that many inputs to actually make when it comes to this game, right? So you, you basically have the ability to jump, you have the ability to walk, and you have the ability to ping. And like, you know, you don't have the ability to jump 100% of the time, you have the ability to jump when you touch another like kind of fabricy, carpety, like thing in the game, right? So it is a game about like conserving your jump to a certain extent, right? Which is like, kind of a video game mechanic but ultimately i can't think
0: of any part though where you use your jump and then you can't immediately find another one if yeah you need it.
1: exactly exactly so it's like about a conserving your jump but at the same time like you don't really need to conserve your jump like who cares not at all no um,
0: yeah so it's there's a and it's not like the timing's tight right on these jumps yeah, like exactly it's very loose and easy to yeah make it from one platform to the next
1: exactly it's a very like it's not a very mechanically demanding game and, you know, as far as game design goes, I'd say that this, uh, 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 if I were to compare it to anything, it's really less of just a straight like video game, like with high scores and stuff like that. It's more of like an art installation, if you were to ask me, you know, um, like the ability to like interact with another player is something that's very unique to the medium of video games. The ability to go online, it doesn't exist in painting or the novel or the film or the yeah. fo- or the photo. You know, this is very very unique to the art form of video games and you know, on this podcast we, we talk about the art form quite a bit, you know, we critique video games all the time. We we respect them as an art form, you know, cuz we understand that that's what they are. This game is like one of the clearest examples of this being the, an art form more so. It and, is and it's
0: it, it's I don't want to I just want to get this one thing and like it, it's one of the best ways, in my opinion, to like experience an art form right, is with this video game, you know, whether it's a co-op game or what have you. But in this game in particular, like you're just two humans exploring something together on a journey yes. in this beautiful landscape. You know, it's not like you're shooting at one another, but, like you wouldn't call duty. It's not like you're, um, you know, doing whatever you would playing FIFA with someone. Um, you're just walking in. Yeah, communicating musically with another person. Yeah. And the most beautiful part of it is there's, you know, there's no preconceived notions of this other person, because you have no context to maybe even know what their gamer tag is, or their steam name, whatever it may be. All you know, is this person is my companion. And this is their symbol when they talk to me. And that's, that's all you have. There's no preconceived notions to give you an unfair bias against someone. And exactly. it's incredible. Yeah. Yeah,
1: exactly. And I know we're talking it to death, but I just, I, I, I want to touch on another aspect of the game as far as the actual story of the game that I think is really important. And that's that there's an implication of the fact that there are others that have come before you on this yes. journey as well. Um, so for those of you that haven't played the game, you know, there are little gravestones everywhere peppered throughout the game. Okay. And it's like, oh, someone died there. That's kind of what you think, right? It's like, oh, it's a grave, it's clearly a gravestone. This is a graveyard I'm walking through. Okay, cool, let's move on, right? You don't really think too much of it. It's just a graveyard or a gravestone. Then at the end, when you freeze to death on the mountain on the way to the very top, you become a gravestone. Okay? The implication being, well, when you die, you become a gravestone, right? So those other gravestones you saw along the way were other people before you that didn't make the journey. Okay. And then you become a shooting star and become like a hieroglyphic, like a rune, somewhere along the line, one looking like one of the runes that you picked up. Okay, so there's this cyclical kind of implication that you are just one of many on a long line of people going on a pilgrimage that eventually succumb and die on their journey to make it to the top of the mountain right so there's a sort of like hey you're just one of many people on this journey that companion that we keep talking about that random person you're paired with the implication the idea of the game is that they're also on this journey too you know and they'll die and they'll become a gravestone like all the gravestones in the the actual you know content of the game that are you know people that were before you that's just so incredibly beautiful to me that you get all that without even having a companion. You know, like I got that from just playing the game on my own where I'm like, right. oh, I'm one of many. I'm one of many people that has taken or attempted the journey to reach the top of the mountain, the mountain of life, to get to heaven and accomplish it on my own or died. Or, you know, hopefully I might have helped out the person that comes after me. There's no implication of it ever ending. There's no idea of it ever coming to a close. It just is what it is kind of like life
0: is what it is i love that kind
1: of (laughs) like life it's very it's like so incredibly profound beautiful and religious um all with no single bit of linguistic or verbal communication no bit of text it's so it's so insane it's so good so good nuts nuts
0: that's right. It really is nuts. Okay. Uh, we, we do we
1: do have to move on to like art style and sound design, <laughs> NPC award, companion piece pick. Do you, are, are we good on game design? Game design is basically taking up the entirety of the podcast. I know, right?
0: Because it's incredible. Um, yeah. I think I think we're good to move on to art style because I know you had a few comments about that.
1: Yeah. So art style, you know, this game came out in 2012. Still looks phenomenal for a 2012 game, I'd say. Um it it looks great you know the artistic choices made in the game are th- i think are just phenomenal um it's kind of got like it's not it's not a realistic looking game you know it doesn't have grit doesn't have motion blur doesn't have film grain or any of the other crap that a lot of no. games tend to tend to I go for these i hate that <laughs> stuff we hate that stuff we're an anti-motion blur film grain podcast please don't put that yeah. in your video game um the art style is very minimal you know, low poly look, Um, all the characters in the game kind of have more of a theme, and less of like a realistic look, which I really appreciate. And there are moments of the game that are just downright gorgeous, Uh, downright gorgeous. I know that Matt, you'll agree with me like, and all the players that have played it, when you first enter the crumbling ancient city, and you're sliding down the sand, um, and you kind of get a sideways camera angle and the sun is setting it's just absolutely beautiful it's a beautiful looking game the lighting is used very very well in it um the use of like the sun and the angles uh camera wise you know it all just works out so so well yeah
0: yeah uh, i mean i was very surprised when i found out this game came out in 2012 i assume just how like how good it looks right it must have came out sooner i mean we were talking about again spec ops just a month ago on this podcast where we lucas and i both weren't at all impressed like with how the game looked right it was That's very basically like unreal engine like nothing nothing cool about it just unreal engine whatever whereas this is like again a game that came out in 2012 but it's incredible it looks beautiful and if you told me it came out you know this year in 2021 I, i'd say yeah checks out the math is good yeah um Yeah, I think that's a testament to how timeless this game will be, and just how good of a of a of a job you know the art team did, and everyone over there at um, that game company. It's just it's um, incredible. And I don't know if you have anything else you want to add, Art Style Lucas. But I mean, what is I think you might at least on my end to me is even more incredible than the art style is the sound design. Probably one of my most favorite soundtracks ever yeah and in, in gaming in general it's this beautiful composition by a musical score by um a man a an artist by the name of austin and excuse me austin wentori um and i mean D- doogie producer plug some music here or something oh no please but- yeah sam <laughs> plug plug some music in right here inspiring music the it the music the way it ties in is uh, i I talked with luke about this um off off podcast uh, earlier but it it feels it makes the world around you feel very alive and for whatever reason in my mind i I think all movies do this as lucas pointed out to me but in my mind (laughs) um what this i kept coming to is like disney movies right how like they'll integrate like natural sounds from the movie into the musical soundtracks that make sense within the context of a given scene and i kept feeling that same thing within this game and i kept feeling like this music right now fits perfectly for what's going on what i'm experiencing this moment as you're going up this mountain and getting closer to death the music intensifies things get faster clearly more um, suspenseful when you're just enjoying the beauty of the desert or first entering the city underground and you get this beautiful side view um, you know, it slows down. It's it's um, serene. It's it's beautiful, and it, it it keeps the pace of the game and fits the pace of the game and the tone of what's going on in that ex- exact moment perfectly. And I found out the reason that is is they developed the music for this game by every like area and level of the game. The music was developed side by side. Like that was part of the natural development cycle. It wasn't. um, done independently of one another they're so closely tied together and i hope we see more games like that in the future because it's it's incredible and another little fun fact that i love um, one of the most consistent parts of the soundtrack is uh, i I think pretty much every soundtrack for every area of the game contains uh, a cello piece included in it Mm -hmm. and that cello piece is meant to kind of Symbolize where you're at in your journey and where you're at in that moment in the game and you if you go back and you listen to it You look at scenes on YouTube, you can totally see that where when you're, you know Going through one of the more dangerous parts of the game getting on your way to the final push at the mountain You can hear the the cello music will be going very quickly because you're the cello in that moment That's that's where you're at in your journey at the suspenseful moment and on the opposite of that, like I mentioned, if you're in a more serene moment, the chill will clearly be going slower, much more relaxed, um, much more serene music. And it's just, I love it.
1: <laughs> so good. Yeah. Uh, the sound design is really, really, really something. We talk about this a lot on this pod. Um, you know, for if, if you're a video game dev and you're miraculously listening to Thanks for Playing right now, emphasize, prioritize, Think about sound design when it comes to video games. Uh, sound design is so 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 important, and you know, coming from a film background, um, you know, it's it's uh, you can have the same exact conversation when it comes to cinema. You know, sound design is extremely 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 important when it comes to this kind of stuff, and um, you know, we talked about it with all of our Lucas Pope games, Lucas Pope, who made Return of the Overdin and Papers Please that guy understands how sound important design. sound design is yeah. in a video game and play that game everybody and you'll under play those games, you'll understand what we're talking about, right? Um, uh, even like a soundtrack like Outer, War, Outer Wilds, which we played uh, very early on in this podcast, those of you go check out that episode, sound design is very, very important. In fact, your gamers, guys, your audience, they can remember the exact audio cues from your video game. Just think about that, okay? Because you can too. I will remember the soundtrack to Journey moving forward. I actually fell asleep to this soundtrack last night. I threw it on on YouTube. I I fell asleep. It was amazing. Um, It's just a very, very beautiful soundtrack. It is very dynamic and pretty diverse. Um, It does change as you hit different sections of the game, which is in line with the regular drama that you might encounter with anything. Um, But it works very, very well for the game. And especially that heavenly sequence at the end, I mean, my jaw was just on the floor when I was listening to that beautiful, beautiful soundtrack at the very end. And Sam, please, please throw in some of this stuff right now. No good. I love it. Love
0: it. Love it. <laughs> Hell yeah. And now on to one of the more interesting um, parts of the podcast, I'd say, particularly for this game, Lucas, the uh, the NPC award. And uh, I'm actually I'm, I'm going to start here. Okay. Um, so really, you know, throughout the game, you're not really meeting that many people barring your companion. And then there's also these mysterious um, hooded white hooded fi- figures. They kind of present, whole, present themselves as some sort of deity, along with their god. Um, their god, essentially, and then along with these weird flying robots that, assumingly, within the context of the world, destroyed your civilization. Among all those wonderful contestants, easily my favorite, my NPC award goes to my companion, um, Bubbles. <laughs> yeah, I'm given. The-
1: <laughs> uh, we have the same NPC award. I just want to yeah. say that.
0: Yeah, that that was their, that bubbles, was their oh, bubbles. Bubbles. Okay,
1: Matt. Matt. I I I would like to read how things went with Bubbles. I, mean, I know we don't have Bubbles' permission, but you know, there's probably a lot of people named Bubbles out there. So, I, with your permission, I'd like to read what Bubbles said to you.
0: Yeah. Okay. You want, oh. you want? Oh,
1: tee it up. Let them know who Bubbles. I mean, Bubbles. Who is
0: Bubbles? What did they do? Who are they? Bubbles. Steam gamer, legend, um, played, uh, was my companion? That was, their, that was Matt's
1: companion. So yeah. Bubbles, Bubbles was Matt's companion that he played with that he was not able to communicate with. However, after Matt finished his playthrough not too long ago, just a few days ago, Bubbles messaged him on Steam. And he told Matt, yo, hey, right? Him and Matt had a conversation Matt screenshotted that conversation, and he showed me what Bubbles said. Here's what Bubbles said. Here's why Bubbles, we don't know who this guy is, okay? But he gets the NPC award. Because Matt says this, I didn't realize my first playthrough that the game was played with someone else. Ha ha, this was my second. Truly quite the journey. Then Bubbles, (laughs) not one minute later, replies, So the weird thing about that is that I was on Acid the whole way. (laughs) Just randomly picked up Journey. I meant to play it for years, but I never really did for some reason. I had no clue how insanely good this game is. Good game. Wow, Bubbles. This guy played Journey on Acid and was Matt's companion. That guy might be the greatest mystery guest star of this podcast ever.
0: Possibly the greatest gamer of all time.
1: (laughs) Um... This guy probably had the great – like he, he probably is still in heaven right now. I right, know. yeah. He might have had the most profoundly – Or she.
0: Experience. He or she. Sorry. Yes, or exactly. She. And then, or they. Probably I'm sure the – most- I mean, I felt like I was having a profound experience, and I'm sure theirs was amplified. Seriously. <laughs> and I uh, we, we, we chatted a little bit more after that, and the conversation ended – in any other context, I'd call cheesy, but given the mood of that night is the most beautiful and inspirational thing he could have, they could have said to me, he said, hey, good luck on your journey. Oh, like,
1: that makes fuck. me want to cry. It's like like really I, I kind of felt like crying that view. night. It, it was
0: just such an incredible game and such an interesting experience. I never had a game convey, get me so attached to someone I was playing a game with. It was truly um, remarkable. Yeah. Uh, I think that's all we can say. Um, Companion piece. Companion piece pick. For those that don't know, this is where we pick a non-video game piece of media that we think would serve as a good uh, companion piece, a good supplemental piece of work to digest and look at to enhance the experience. Lucas, what you got?
1: Companion piece pick, it's going to be a cop-out. It's going to be a cop-out. It's the soundtrack for the game. Can you allow me that? that? Is that fine?
0: Uh, it's. I think it's up to the fans. I, mean, I guess I'll let it go. If
1: you disagree with that companion piece, pick I always fans, thought everything
0: was off limits relating to the game, but oh, it is boy. so beautiful. I'll let it go.
1: Yeah. The soundtrack is like basically a musical like symphony in and of itself. I think you could listen to it for a couple hours and really take your own little bit of journey with you. Um, it's got highs and lows. It's truly its own like you know, symphony. Um, And I think it's really, really great. Uh, It's, I I know it's, it's tied to the video game um, inherently, but it's a really, really solid companion piece pick for that reason. It's just a beautiful symphony. I I don't know another way to say it.
0: Yeah, I mean, it really is, which is why, I mean, the, again, I think we both agree that one of the standouts of this game really is the music. And uh, I mean, everything among it is a standout though, but that's why for my companion piece I picked another um, not the soundtrack to the game, but I went with actually just a general like a musical artist pick. Um, a man by the name of Kevin Pankin. Lucas you know who that is?
1: Oh no, I don't please tell me.
0: Kevin Pankin is a musical composer, uh, notably has done some soundtracks for anime. Uh, most notably uh, Tower of God made an abyss and the rising shield of shield hero and he's done some pretty notable video games as well and i think if anyone any of our listeners here have watched or listened to the soundtrack of any of those um animes i, I think we would understand why i why i picked kevin in particular because the it, it, when you watch that world or when you watch the worlds that his music is in everything just fits so perfectly and I don't know the production process for those admittedly, but I, I feel like it, the music is crafted very intentionally alongside with every part of that those worlds. It's very similarly how it was to Journey. And it's just such incredible music, particularly for Tower of God and Made in Abyss. Um, admittedly, I haven't watched Rising Shield here. I'm sure it's great, but the soundtracks of those just... Just hit different. Uh-huh. Uh, they're, both, they're both incredible and they both are very, I, I listen to them both very frequently actually because I think they're just so good. All right. So I definitely recommend you check out Kevin Pinkin and his music if you have a chance.
1: All right. Awesome. Moving
0: on. Favorite moment, Matthew? Easily when I got separated from my companion and then we were united It was just such like a joyous moment. Yeah. Um, and it was just because there's was, there was such clear panic because I could hear them like pinging, freaking out, and like I was pinging, freaking out, you were freaking out watching me, yeah. it was uh, it was crazy, it was yeah,
1: crazy. okay. My favorite moment is not it this is kind of crazy. It's not technically when I was playing the video game. It's actually when I was watching you play the game. Um, and i I did my first full playthrough, like I said, um, and then I just kind of thought it was a great game in, in and of itself with its content and what it was trying to say in a metaphorical sense. And then when I watched you play it, and I realized that I could have had a companion, that was my favorite moment. Because I realized that I failed the test of empathizing with another person that I didn't know was human. Um, and I I have I had this profound sense of oh my God, we're all on the same journey. I have to treat people all with like the same care and respect that I treat my loved ones because everyone's a human being. Everyone is on a journey. Everyone feels this way, you know, and that was just, it's not only a favorite moment. It's like a profoundly religious moment, you know, where you are overcome with empathy, where you're overcome with like a sense of like, not horrible regret, but like, a sense of wow, like I could have done things differently, and yeah. from now on, I think I will. You know, I'd call that a religious moment. You know, more more than anything. You know, and I think that was a. Favorite it, moment,
0: it definitely right? is a game that inspires reflection. I yes, agree. Yes. Um,
1: so that's that's what AI, I. Got. I
0: agree with that whole heart, and it it it's kind of interesting. You know, it, it'll be interesting to see like down the line if this kind of affects how you and I treat like, even just AI's in game, right? Like. Because I mean, (laughs) we were both so nonchalant to the other our 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 initial companions in our first playthroughs, because like they were, we both thought they were just random AIs. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? Like running these like random places? Then, and of course, I didn't realize them spamming at me, my their musical note, their their ping was them trying to communicate with me. I was too, you know, dense at the time to realize that. So it'll be interesting to see if this kind of influences our perspectives on games in the future that's right Um, all right
1: next section is nitpicks do you have anything nada i have none i have nothing for nitpicks all right would you play more games from this developer that's our next little question here
0: yeah i mean how can you not all right with how much we've loved this game um i'm not even sure to be honest if the studio the developers yeah yeah around. so
1: so um santa monica game studio um has done all the god of wars just for those of you that don't know um and that uh, santa monica game studio is actually a really interesting case where they incubate video games or they co-develop video games along with more indie game developers being that game studio so journey is actually a co-developed video game venture from santa monica game studio and that video game company and then published by annapurna Interactive annapurna interactive being a subsidiary of annapurna pictures which is a film production company okay so um you know it comes a long way it's there's a lot of organizations that are in between the gamer and the game and of course the publishing and the development of the game i'm just glad that this exists but yes i would i would absolutely play more games from this developer i think the only thing that they flat out developed was flower and flow uh, Matt, correct me if I'm wrong. I think that you're looking it up right
0: now. Yeah, they have the other games they've done are. Ah, oh, shoot, where'd they go? Uh, Flower, excuse me. Flow came out in 2006. Flower 2009. Journey 2012. And just recently in 2019, they released Sky Children of the lights
1: Okay, cool. So yeah, definitely got to throw those on the on the podcast game backlog and list. Um, If any of the Podcast Army, if the TFP Militia has played any of those games, definitely jump in the Discord and let us know. Don't be shy. Um, Let's talk about it. If you've played Journey before, definitely let us know your thoughts on it inside the Discord. Um, All right, Matt, final conclusive thoughts on the game and then our rating. Um, Go for it, man. What you got for final thoughts?
0: I'm going to sum this up in three words, three succinct words. Okay. This is
1: art. All right, all right, okay. I'm gonna use more than three words for my (laughs) conclusive thought. All right, Um, I I agree with you. This is art, for sure. Um, One of the clearest examples of video games as an art form. I've seen it's beautiful from a visual standpoint but it doesn't sacrifice the ideas and the like actual medium of art the very media like the medium specific mechanics of the art form that make video games video games in fact it it's intrinsic to the game makes the game better it drives the ideas behind the artist's intention even further And I think it's truly, truly a beautiful example of a video game. I'm so glad that I suggested it. Uh, It was really, really great game to play. So Matt, what are we giving this game out of 10? Three, of those of you that don't know, (laughs) me and Matt give our score out of 10. We add that up out of 20. That is the official score of the video game. It'll live on Wikipedia forever. Matthew, let's say our scores Three, two, one. Ten. ten. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. This there's is. No surprise there's there. no surprise there. We just love this game. Uh, that's the ten. That's a twenty out of twenty video game that awards this. I'm so proud to say. I'm so happy to say this game has earned the Mickey LeGrand, uh, the <laughs> Mickey LeGrand Coats Award for Excellence in Video Game Design. Wow, what a
0: phenomenal video game! I mean, how can you not, right? Um, and I, I'm pretty sure it was obvious the score we were getting this game the whole time, just judging by the way we talked about it. Um, an absolutely incredible game, and moreover, an incredible piece of art. There's just... There's no other way. Yeah. It's that it's simple. Just a, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> it really what's the other game we've given a 10 to? It's, Undertale. Uh, Undertale, right? Yeah. yeah. Both so there's been two two video games on this
1: podcast that I've had uh, that have received
0: oh, that was a that was a that was a ten from producer Sam as well.
1: Yeah, yeah. So that was a three p. That was a thirty out of thirty, and this is a twenty out of twenty. Um, two games that have received the Mickey LeGrand Coats Award for Excellence in Video Game Design. Um, for those of you that haven't heard it, definitely check out our Undertale episode. It's a pretty classic episode at this point. I think the TFP Army really appreciates it, um, and you could let us know in our new Discord server. Matt, tell the people we co- where we can find. Where they can find us online.
0: Everyone can join us on our journey online at uh, on Instagram and Twitter at TFP Podcast. That's TFP Podcast with an S at the end. And better yet, go onto our Instagram and I'll also get this updated on our Twitter soon and our um, website portion there. But click our link tree. See us on YouTube and check out our Discord. Discord. Come Discard. join. Hang out. Discord. <laughs> <laughs> um come check out our discord come hang out it's gonna be a good time lucas and i are planning to be active in there and we're excited to have a more easy opportunity and way to engage with you all and if for whatever reason you know, maybe you don't want to chat on discord quite yet maybe you're still warming up to warming up to us here at thanks for playing uh, shoot us an email at uh, thanks for playing pod at gmail.com and if you want to hang out with your best buddy matt uh find me on twitter good idea matthew That's right. You could find me
1: personally at uh, Instagram, Twitter, and Twitch at Lucas. If you'd like to follow me on any of those platforms, shoot me a DM. DMs are open all the time. It's a great time in Lucas's DMs if you'd like to join me there. But the Discord is my number one priority right now. So, you know, just DM me through Discord. You'll find me. Um, in our discord server which is available again if you go to our instagram and go to our link tree you could definitely find our discord server please join it it's a great time in there Um, we're going to be talking about video game suggestions uh topics for anything as possible episodes we're going to be making fun of matt for his super metroid rating please check out our (laughs) super metroid episode and we're going to be talking about our podcast episodes on there regularly so um this week we will be dropping our newest episode um, and it's going to be a great, I think it, well, our audience is living in the past because we're in the future, but I think we're dropping Katamari Damacy this Thursday, which is going to be awesome. We'll be talking about that in the discord, uh, for yeah. those of you that yeah. are on it. So looking forward to that. All
0: right, everyone. Well, I, uh, I think that's, that's all we got today. So remember everyone, this has been, thanks for Playing. Catch you next time. Skip it up. Thanks for playing as a production of Good Ideas Only. Your hosts are Lucas Luna and Matt Rockaby. Our music was done by the impeccable Samuel Luna. And our logo design was done by the talented Isaac Palestino. Special thanks to the Real Call Bunch Red Circle.